Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris. And I'm Kelsey. And today we've got two stories for you. And mine is actually about Tokyo, Japan. And we are wanting to travel there and visit Japan because it seems like a really cool place. Yes, that's absolutely going to be our next big vacation as soon as we can afford it. (laughs) Well, hopefully the story doesn't creep you out too much. Maybe it will. Maybe I won't want to go there. And what story are you reading today? So... I would like to read my first creepypasta on this show today. Oh, nice. So more of like a (laughs) fictional story, but still gives you the chills. Yes. All right. It's very chill inducing. (laughs) All right. I'm looking forward to it. So let's go ahead and get into my story. This is called Trafficking Attempt in Tokyo. This happened about a month ago in Shinjuku, Tokyo, Japan. I'm a 28-year-old white American woman from Alaska. I am slightly above average height for a woman my age, and I am by no means tiny, though I'm not particularly fat or buff either. My point of mentioning that is that I wouldn't be an easy target to just scoop up and kidnap. I also have a lot of distinctive identifying features. My waist-length hair is currently half blonde and half brown, and I have visible tattoos all over my upper body, including on both arms. Last month, I was in Japan for two and a half weeks with my fiancé and some family, and several of our mutual friends. The whole group was about 12 people. I speak Japanese fluently, and I'm a well-traveled person, and I consider myself to be pretty street smart slash able to take care of myself. So while I did not wander off alone much on this trip, I wasn't concerned if I did have to go somewhere by myself. It was Friday night during Golden Week in Tokyo the day before we were leaving to come back to the States, and our group was going to go out drinking on our last night. The area we were staying in wasn't the nicest, but it wasn't particularly bad either, just more dirty than other areas in Tokyo, with a lot more tourists and more homeless people. Each night when we would go out, the men in our group would be openly propositioned by prostitutes, and there were often people just passed out on the streets. Things like that. So on the last night, we were all going to meet up in front of our hotel. 
a large, nice hotel in the main city center to go out, and I happened to be the first person there. Now, while I wasn't with the group slash people that I know, I was by no means alone. There were hundreds of people around, as this was a very populated area, and I was standing on the sidewalk in front of the hotel. A man suddenly approached me, and the first thing that put up my guard was how close he got to me. Again, this was a crowded area, but by no means crowded or noisy enough that he needed to be five inches away from my face, which he was. He was black and looked to be around my age, probably between 25 and 35. He immediately started asking me questions, and I got more suspicious and on edge with each one. This is how the conversation went. Stranger. Hello, where are you from? Me, I'm from Alaska. Stranger. Visibly excited, crazed look in his eyes. Oh, American. Me, yes, where are you from? Stranger. Ghana, are you here alone? Me. No, I'm with about 15 people, including my husband and my dad. They're at that shop right there. In reality, I was with 12 people, including my fiancé. My dad was not there, and none of the group was in a nearby shop. What hotel are you staying at? I don't know the name of it. It's across the city. Also a lie, as we were standing in front of the hotel that I was staying at. How old are you? 35. Also a lie, I was trying to say I was as old as possible while having it still be believable. Right, come with me. Yeah, no thanks. At this point, I began to turn and walk away. Yes, come with me, we'll take something. Nope, bye. I then began hurriedly walking towards one of the nearby shops. The stranger, now muttering, take something, wake up in paradise. Luckily, he did not follow me, and I waited for the group inside the store that I went into to get away from him. I immediately messaged our group, and my fiancé and another guy from our group immediately came down. This incident was particularly scary because a couple of the people on the trip with us don't have a radar for this kind of thing, and it makes me feel ill to think what might have happened to them if they had been the ones being propositioned instead of me. I also know I should have stopped talking to the guy sooner. I was just kind of frozen. And at the beginning, I thought he might just be a regular guy trying to hit on me, which I planned to kindly turn him down. Asking where I'm from didn't strike me as too weird on its own, but the next line of questioning was enormous red flags. Notice that in the whole conversation, he never once asked my name or if I was married or with someone, which you would expect someone might do if they were trying to hit on you. Also keep in mind that this happened in one of the safest countries in the world. Moral of the story is you can never be too careful, especially as a woman. Keep your wits about you and don't feel bad for blowing off strangers. Also, if something seems off, don't give out your real information. I shouldn't have even told him the actual state I live in, but luckily I realized that he was sketchy after that and didn't give him any more real info. Wow, she was super smart handling that. Yeah, she- I love how she lied. She was just like, yeah, um, my husband, my father- my 10 brothers, my 27 male cousins are all traveling with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, she was super smart about it. And like, to be honest, there's no way of really knowing if this guy really was like a human trafficker or if he was just kind of a creepy, awkward guy. And maybe there was a language barrier because he did say he was from Ghana. She's from America. She does speak Japanese, though. So like, 
it really could have just been a miscommunication. And I just want to highlight that as a possibility, but it's better to always be safe than sorry. And so she felt uncomfortable. So she exited the situation. So I think she handled it perfectly. Um, again, like he could have just been an awkward guy or maybe there was a communication barrier or maybe just like his culture was a little bit different. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he was creepy. Yeah, I, but f- I feel the exact same way. I feel like there have been times where I was a little creeped out by men and like, I don't know if it was entirely fair in every instance, but it's always better to go with your gut, like just in case. Exactly. Part of the reason I actually picked this story to go with is because I actually saw a video recently um, of a guy who was like filming while walking around in Tokyo. And then this girl walked up and there was a guy like walking with her. And then she started like just acting like she knew the guy who was filming. And so he just played along and he was just like, Oh, Hey, yeah, what's up? I'm glad, I'm glad we were finally able to meet up. And he told the other guy, he was like, Oh, thanks for walking her to me. Like, An you know, bye. Citizen. yeah. And then like the other guys kept trying to like stay with them. And he was like, no, no, you can, you can leave now. And then they like kind of walked off and she like thanked him. I guess that guy had been like following her and being like super creepy. And this guy just like played along, like he knew her and helped her out and like kind of scared the guy off, which was a really cool thing to see that he did that for. Um, and so that was part of the reason why I picked this one because that girl was clearly frightened and that guy was clearly following her. At least in this story, the guy didn't like follow her. So that was a good thing. But yeah, that was part of why I picked this story is because I did see a video like that recently that did take place in Tokyo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still excited to go there. <laughs> yeah. You'll always be with me, so it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to stick to the super like touristy places too. <laughs> yeah. Like the basic Americans that we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just ready for all the food. Like I love trying new I'm food. I'm ready for the hiking, um, the waterfalls. I feel like it's going to be like pretty similar to the Pacific Northwest and like all the best ways <laughs> yes so i'm really excited about this um it's a creepy pasta it's called the basement basements are <laughs> creepy so like i've told you this but i had a summer where i stayed in colorado with my like aunt and uncle uh, me and my brother both stayed there and my stepmom and sister also went there with us for part of the summer um and so our cousin was like upstairs in like a bedroom Uh, And then we were all four staying in the basement and the basement was always just like super creepy. Like it was a really nice basement. They had a bar, they had a slot machine, they had a pool table. That's my dream. They had a home movie theater. And then there was like one like guest bedroom um, and the guest bedroom was unfinished and the bathroom was unfinished. And the fact that those two things were unfinished just kind of made the whole vibe creepy, even though everything else was super nice. And also they had just like very dim lighting in there, which is great when you were watching a movie. But if you were down there alone, it was kind of creepy, even though it was like super nice. I don't know why. I was like 13, 14 at the time. And I loved that entire trip. But for the first half of the trip, my stepmom and sister were there with us. And then uh, halfway through the trip, they went back to Arkansas and me and my brother got to stay. And when they went back to Arkansas, the cousin that was staying upstairs, she went on some sort of trip. So we actually moved out of the basement and up into the guest bedroom that was upstairs instead of the one downstairs. So that was a lot less creepy, but I don't know why. I just always got a creepy vibe in that basement. And I think it was mainly because of the construction that was going on down there. I feel like 
the basement would especially scare me at night. Like when I was trying to sleep, I feel like it would be more fun in the daytime. Yeah. Like, like in I the daytime s- when we were playing pool and stuff down there, it wasn't as bad. But it, when it was like time to go to sleep, it was kind of creepy. And then there were also, um, they have like these little silos. They had windows in the basement and there were these like little silos to like keep the dirt out, obviously. And there was like a ladder so that if anything happened, like if there was a fire, you could climb out of the window, like out of the basement. And that always kind of creeped me out too. Yeah. So I feel like around the time that you were on that trip was around the time that, so yeah, we were both living in Arkansas and I actually visited family in Oregon um, in the summer of 2013. Um, So I don't remember what year you said. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember We were both like teenagers at the time. (laughs) And yeah, we stayed in this big rental house in the middle of the woods in Bend. And like, yeah, there were two levels. There was just like a normal level. um, And then there was a basement level. And just like what you were saying, like it was dimmer than everything else. It was a little like quieter. Like, I don't know. But the only reason it didn't creep me out like a whole lot was because we had about 20 people sleeping in that room at the same time. (laughs) Well, it's weird. I could not have been down there by myself. I swear to God. It's weird, the dim lights and, like, it being quieter because it's, like, underground and it being cooler, like, those are the things that kind of make it more cozy, but it also makes it more creepy. It's more cozy, but also more creepy. It's weird. So I actually don't feel creeped out in our current home. But I I love how we're, like, super low level right here. Like, we're not in a basement, but it's so cozy. And it stays cool in the summer, so we don't need air conditioning. Yes, and then when we look outside, we have the creek right there and a bunch of trees. And, like, oh, it's so nice. I know. (laughs) It almost doesn't feel like we live in an apartment complex when we're downstairs. It feels like we live out in the country and we live in Portland. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Okay, sorry to uh, derail your story there. No worries. Growing up, my parents told me never to go into the basement. It is kind of interesting now that I think back on it. I was an obedient kid and never did anything that my parents told me not to. 
but I also never once questioned, until very recently, why I wasn't allowed to go down those stairs. Our house was huge. My dad worked in finance, but grew up a country boy before college. So as soon as we had the chance, he moved us out into isolation, even though this made his commute over an hour into town. My dad worked in finance, but grew up a country boy before college. So as soon as we had the chance, he moved us out into isolation, even though this made his commute over an hour into town. I loved it, especially when I was younger, because we had lots of animals on our property, some wild and some actually owned by my parents. My mom would stay home and take care of the chickens and the geese while I watched and played with them. My mom would always tell me not to get too close with the animals because we would sell some of them from time to time and she didn't want my feelings to get hurt. I did my best to follow her instructions, but I have to admit, there were definitely some animals I missed when they got sold off. I spent many evenings after the long bus ride home from school, sitting out back with the animals, watching the sun go down over the wide open fields. It was more peaceful than words could describe. But of anywhere on the acres and acres of property, the only place I wasn't allowed to be was that basement. I once tried to walk down with my mom when she went downstairs to do the laundry. I offered to hold the basket of dirty clothes for her as she went down the steps, thinking that she would definitely appreciate the help, but I was terribly wrong. As soon as my foot hit that top step behind her and before I could squeak out my offer to assist her, she turned around and pushed me back using the laundry basket. Not a hard push, but enough of one to force me back through the door and into the kitchen. What if I told you, she said to me. What if I said about coming down here? I apologized and hung my head, feeling like a bad kid. She could sense that and patted me on the head. It's okay, she said. Just don't do that again. You need to stay up here. Why don't you go see if any of the chickens have laid eggs? I forgot to go out this morning and I would love the help. I smiled and agreed to do it, walking out the back kitchen door towards the coop, my mom closing the basement door behind her before I made it outside. The weather was terrible a few winters ago. We were pummeled by the snow and, unfortunately, a lot of the animals died on the farm. Don't get me wrong, we were okay. Again, farming was more of a hobby than a means of income or survival. But I was pretty upset by the animals no longer being there. For some reason, my parents got jittery and seemed to be more and more out of character the longer we were forced to be in the house. We had plenty of food and our power hadn't gone out, so I couldn't figure out what it was that they were freaking out over, besides being stuck and not being able to go outside. There was a knock at the door a week or two into the snowstorm, and I remember how strange it was that we would have a visitor. We never had visitors. We were pretty far out into the sticks and people didn't swing by or anything, especially without letting us know first. My dad answered the door and there was a young man, lacking all color and covered head to toe in white, thick snow. He thanked my father graciously for opening the door and explained his situation. His car had broken down about six or seven miles up the road and he didn't know where to go. He didn't have his cell phone and he was traveling across the country, so he didn't know who he would have contacted anyway. My father invited him in and, all of a sudden, that jittery sense about my parents started to float away. They seemed more calm now that this stranger was in the house, and it was such a peculiar situation that I just had to sit back and watch. I listened to this man tell us that he didn't have any family living, except a sister that he hadn't spoken to in years, and that he was on his way to Boston to start fresh. He said that his mother had passed away only a few months prior, and pulled out a tiny gold locket on a chain. He told us that it belonged to her 
and that it was the only thing he had left of her. I smiled and nodded at him, still not saying a word. After he spoke for a few minutes, my parents realized that the snow covering his clothing was melting and that everything he had on was soaked. My mother looked at my father and said to the man, Would you like to change? You and my husband seem to be about the same size. You could borrow some of his clothing for now. My father nodded along. The stranger stood and shook my father's hand, thanking him over and over again while my mom led him towards the kitchen. Our laundry room is right this way. I'm sure we can find you something. She opened the basement door and gestured the man towards it. Without hesitation, he started down the wooden steps. My father came to me and told me to go upstairs and get ready for dinner. I said okay and walked up the large staircase, not even thinking twice about the request. When I came downstairs, my mom and dad were setting the table. I asked if the stranger would be joining us, but without even looking up at me, they said that he had left. I didn't know what to say to that, because he had almost frozen to death just getting to the house, and the closest town wasn't for miles and miles. There was no way he would make it back. My parents told me to have a seat, and dinner went along like nothing happened. But I finally got curious. The man couldn't have just disappeared into thin air. I had to know what was going on in the basement. I had to know if he ever came back up. I was young, but not stupid. I knew that something was wrong. That night, after my parents had gone to bed, I grabbed the flashlight from my drawer and started down the stairs toward the kitchen. The floors creaked, so I had to take my time, making sure I didn't wake my parents in the process. When I finally touched the tile of the kitchen, a small wave of relief came over me, and I took a break to steady my breathing, seeing as how I had been holding my breath as I moved across the hardwood. I finally reached out to the knob on the basement door, checked around me one last time, and opened the door with a creak. I placed my foot on the step, which felt much older than the stairs. The air as I headed down smelled sweet, but a foul kind of sweet. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I came down to the concrete floor and listened the best I could. Silence. Nothing. I flashed the light around to see a washer and dryer, just as I had expected, and some boxes of what I remembered to be old clothes and such, but nothing really out of the ordinary. I was turning to head back up the stairs, now feeling silly and actually pretty sour with myself for not listening to my parents, when something shiny caught my eye. I turned the flashlight on it and walked over to where it lay on the floor. It was the golden locket the stranger had showed us from his mother. I picked it up and leaned myself against the wall to examine it further, when the wall started to move with my shifting weight. I jumped back, frightened, and shined my flashlight on the wall, realizing that it was, in fact, fake. Being the curious kid I was, and still clutching the locket, I moved the wooden portion of the wall out of the way, revealing a shallow hole. What I saw in there is something that has changed my life forever. Inside the hole sat a creature. This thing looked like a human, like a boy, but quite different. His limbs were much longer than a regular person's, wildly disproportionate from its body. At the end of each arm were bony fingers with sharp claws that this thing curled over and over again by its face. Its eyes were pitch black with no pupils. It was a hairless beast and its ears were simply torn holes in the side of its head. The mouth stretched across its face into a large, sharp-toothed grin. 
It had no clothing besides a small cloth covering its lower abdomen. Around its neck was a thick chain attached to the concrete wall. It stared at me, smearing what looked like blood across its wrinkled face, smiling. My foot hit something, and I looked down briefly, trying to not take my eyes off of this beast or creature or whatever it was. A hand. Too afraid to scream, I turned and started running towards the stairs. I only took about three or four steps before crashing into my parents, who stood over me with their arms crossed, shaking their heads. My dad put his arm around my shoulder and led me up the stairs into the living room while my mom covered up the hole. The chickens and animals that I missed were never sold. My dad didn't grow up on a farm or like living in isolation, but rather felt as though we had to. We had no neighbors for a reason. It was planned that way. Our whole lives up to this point, even now, years later, had revolved around my older brother in the basement and keeping him fed. Oh my god, I I thought I knew where that was going, because like, with the basement and then selling the animals, I was like, I bet they're doing some sort of satanic rituals down there. And then, when the guy came along and said that he had no living family, and like, they kind of relaxed, and like, it almost seemed like the parents were like, excited, I was like, they're gonna sacrifice this guy, but like, it was a snack. That, was a, that was a twist, I did not see that oh coming. Oh my god. He had a brother. Ugh. He had a brother his entire life that he didn't know about. It started that off really so. Creeped me it out. started <laughs> off so nice though, because like that. That's like dreams for me. Is like say you know you know we start making like an income from this podcast and like this can become our full time job. I would want to move to where I have like a small piece of land and could have a little farm like as a hobby. Like that would be super fun. But that got super dark. <laughs> I've always wanted you know. Like a farmhouse, um, like the one in The Conjuring. <laughs> <laughs> like the one in The Conjuring, specifically the one in The Conjuring. Specifically the one nice, in The Conjuring. Nice choice. Nice yeah, <laughs> that's my dream house. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, like... It was so suspenseful because you really didn't know what was going to happen. I know. I thought it was going to be something with like satanic rituals. And I was like, are they going to try and summon something? Or are they going to try and summon sort of demon? But yeah, it took a real left turn with it being like the older brother. I wonder how many people they fed to that because they seemed kind of, well, I guess they were calm whenever the animals were, you know, in stock as food. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that was why that like they felt the need to feed him to the yeah. to the brother is because a lot of their animals died in the winter, so they needed something they needed to a feed him. To come along. Yeah, and one walked up right at the right time. Woo! That yeah, I just loved that one. It was so creepy. It's gonna give me nightmares. <laughs> I've been avoiding scary stories for a while. Um, the last few months, I really haven't listened to a whole lot. And I feel like I was just like reading them all the time and getting sort of numb to them and not really getting as scared. But I feel like now that I've taken a break, like something like this actually really does creep me out. <laughs> yeah, I listened to an episode of uh, Scared to Death today. That's another podcast See, that we really I haven't listened to that love. in a while. Yeah, I, I listened to one today for the first time in a while and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I just need to listen to like a really good one, a really scary one. I remember they did scare me quite a bit when I was delivering for Domino's and I would drive around at night and listen to them. Oh yes, my God. That, that, that's when they really hit. Like one of them, I even had to like turn off. 
<laughs> yeah, that's when like scary stories like that are the scariest when you're delivering at night and then you deliver to a house that's like a little secluded and all the lights are off like and you can't see the numbers on the house and you're like, is this the right house or is this the wrong house? Because sometimes the GPS takes you to the wrong place. That's when it's like the creepiest when you're like pulling up, you have the scary podcast going and then it's like pitch black and you're like, am I at the right place or is somebody going to come out and get angry that I'm in their driveway? Like that's when like, whoo, you get the I chills. I mean, that's always a concern. Pulling into the wrong driveway and getting shot. I've always had that fear. And now I just keep hearing about it in the news over and over again. No, there was a house that I used to deliver to all the time that just had like a flickering light that they never fixed. And oh my God, like the effect was terrifying. No, so the scariest like delivery that I ever... Well, okay, I had two scary deliveries. So the two scariest deliveries I ever had um, was one, I pulled up to a house that was pitch black no lights on inside or out and there was caution tape surrounding the entire house i did not get out of my car i like looked at it turned around drove further up the street i was like if i get out of my car i'm getting robbed and then i realized that on the gps i put like southwest instead of northwest so where i needed to be was actually like half a mile away um, but that one really creeped me out because I thought that was the address that somebody had put. And it was clearly an abandoned house that was like surrounded by caution tape. And it was like in a really sketchy part of town. And I was like, if I get out of my car, I'm getting robbed. And I just turned around and drove off. Um, and then when I like checked, that's when I realized it was wrong. And so, you know, I calmed down after that. But like, it seemed really creepy when I thought that that was the house I was supposed to be delivering to. And then the other creepy one was I knocked on a guy's door to deliver pizza. And this one was actually in a fairly nice neighborhood. And this guy cracks the door open and he says, turn around. And I just kept looking at him and I was like, I'm sorry. And he said, turn around. And I was like, I can't do that. And I like, I thought I was about to get robbed, like for real. Um, and he goes, bro, I'm naked. And I was like, <laughs> why did you come to the door naked, dude? Like, so like it ended up not being creepy, but like, when he said turn around, like my heart rate went through the roof. Like I for sure thought I was about to get yeah. robbed. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that would be a situation where I would be afraid of like dying of fear, like my heart actually beating out of my chest. And I have so many scary delivery stories, but if I have to pick one. <laughs> so this was back in Arkansas and this was a neighborhood that was literally like right next to Domino's, but it was one of the worst neighborhoods in the city <laughs> and I remember getting out I, I parked my car and got out and I had to go up these stairs and there was a man just sitting in the middle of the stairs um not the person I was delivering to I just had to go past him and it was really awkward it was the middle of the night and he was just absolutely silent until I walked up to him and said you know excuse me um <laughs> not in a rude way <laughs> obviously in a polite way and yeah, he just appeared to be like sharpening knives and <laughs> I was just going to leave him be, like not ask anything, just just go around him. And he decided to explain himself and say that he was fixing his jewelry. That makes it even For scarier some reason, when they I've try had, I've had scarier things happen on deliveries, but I've never been as creeped out as that time uh -huh. like I can't exactly pinpoint why like you just had to be there yeah it's just like so unfortunate that it's like he was at the bottom of like the one stairwell at that apartment that you the had to walk up that I had to walk up yes yeah that would definitely like give me red flags and creep me out too 
I just think about that all the time. Like it just stays with me. Well, on a little bit of a lighter note, I'll I'll end us with a funny one. So the funniest delivery I ever had, I actually would deliver to this house regularly. And you could tell when the parents were home and when they weren't, because when the parents were home, they would like say, meet us at the door. Um, And if they weren't home and they were just on a date night or something, ordering pizza for their daughters, they would say, leave it on the bench outside. So they ordered one large pizza, like a pepperoni pizza or something like that, and a two liter of soda. So I put it on the bench. I get in my car and I'm going to drive off. And uh, it's down this long gravel driveway. So it's like a mile long gravel driveway. And you're in just like a bunch of woods, 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 woods. And then boom, you hit a field and their house is in the middle of the field. So I'm like going through the field. And it's like, as I hit the woods, I notice something moving off beside me. And I just see a dog, like a big dog, like uh, like a St. Bernard, I think is what it was. A big, massive St. Bernard running with the full large pizza box in his mouth, just running through the woods yeah, that's, that's with my... the whole box in his mouth. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> and I just, I didn't say anything. I didn't stop. I just kept driving and I went back to the store and I told my manager, I was like, you're probably about to get a phone call. You're going to need to remake that pizza. <laughs> Oh, it was so that's, funny. That's I laughed so hard. Story that either of us have from Domino's. <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. I think about that at least once a week. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's it for this episode. If you have stories that you want to send in, whether it be your own creepy stories, your own paranormal stories, or just a really good story that maybe like a good creepy pasta that you enjoy that you would like to hear us read, or a true crime case that you would like to hear us cover. Any of that information can be sent into be careful out there podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support us and help us out, the best thing you can do is give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Totally free, but helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it. Be sure to give us a follow if you want to hear a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always, be, be careful, careful out, out there. there. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.